Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Jesus, you are worth our lives, and you have died for us, and you have risen from the grave, and you are working today, and you are working in and through us, and we are your people, and it is our highest privilege to know you and to make you known in our world. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, God. May it never become old. May it never become a category of something that we know, but may it be alive in us. May there be revelation even today. And God, may we walk as true followers. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us be a great commission church, Lord, that we would care much about every tongue, every tribe, and every nation, and about this nation, and about our city. We love you, and we honor you, and everybody said amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus appears to his disciples. It's not long before he ascends to heaven. And Matthew 28 is a famous verse. It's one that many people uh, put on walls in churches. And if we had walls, we might put it up. Uh, But our walls are curtains. And so uh, we don't have it up yet. But I think that one day when we do, by faith, have a wall, we would put this up on the wall because this is Jesus' commission to you and to me. And so let's read it together. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them, which is big news in itself, the risen Savior. He was once dead, but now he is alive. And then Jesus came to him. It's always probably a little bit mind-blowing when someone that you watch die shows up and gives you a commission, uh, but says to them, all authority, not some authority, but all authority, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, as a result, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A lot of times when we think about the idea of disciple-making, We think specifically about people that we are influencing. I want us to think, before we think of disciple making, I want you to think about you being a disciple. Because the only way that you'll be an effective disciple maker is if you are a great disciple. And sometimes it's easy for us to skip being a great disciple in order to think about people that we could influence, people that we could help become disciples. And so if you imagine what Jesus did with the disciples, Jesus spent time with them, hung out with them. And in order to be a great disciple, we see the disciples taking a few years, where they're listening, where Jesus is asking them questions, where they're watching him do miracles, and there's time where they get to be around him and hang out with him. And long before he ever tells them, go make disciples, go spread influence. Before that, there's much time that Jesus spends with them that they spend listening to Jesus. My invitation to you today is as you think about being a disciple maker, to think about this, how awesome of a disciple, how much of Jesus can I get? How close to Jesus can I possibly be and have it play out in actually spending time Focus time on being with him. And so the greatest way that you'll actually make disciples is if you have been with Jesus and you are, you know him. 
Like that's what we've been talking about in this series where Jesus dialogues with people. And if you've dialogued much with him and you know him and you spend time with him, that will be attractive. That will be uh, something that people can see Jesus inside of you. And so as we think about the Great Commission, I want to invite you to go back and consider you spending time with Jesus and listening to him and talking with him and being with him. And I think that that is oftentimes in church world, it's often kind of becomes just kind of cliche. You know, you have people refer to it as my quiet time or my devotion time. And all those things are fine. Unless it becomes a substitute for you actually thinking about connecting with a real person. Sometimes if you think about my quiet time or my devotional, it's easy to wrestle mostly with ideas. And I like the idea of us understanding ideas, but not in substitute for us actually engaging in conversation with a real person. And so I want to invite you to take focused time and imagine you being like a disciple where you're engaging with a real person. You're talking to Jesus. You're, you're figuring out what's, the word of God is coming alive to you because it's what Jesus has said. And so when you spend those focused times, it may be calling it a, a time alone with God or meeting with Jesus, but it's focused specifically on, hey, this is not something that I do to demonstrate that I'm a Christian. This is not something that's just because I'm good. This is inside of me, a decision. I'm gonna be a disciple. I wanna be close. I wanna know the real person of Jesus. And so here you have the disciples and they have been with them. I mean, they, three years, they've been walking with them and Jesus dies on the cross and Jesus then raises from the dead. And, and here is his engagement, his conversation with them as he gives them a global mission. And it's pretty, pretty massive. And I think in this moment where he says all authority, not some authority, all authority. The disciples have seen some authority. They've seen him calm the storm. They've seen him multiply, multiply food. They've seen Jesus operate supernaturally. And Jesus has now defeated death in the grave. And he comes back and he locks eyes with them. And he looks at Philip, Thomas, he looks at real people and says, now, I've been investing in you. You've been watching me. Now, I'm going to give you a commission to go do what I did with you. And so they're replicating what he did. He walked with them, helped them see his father. They become disciples. And now he gives them this, what we call in the church, the great commission. He gives them this command. And it's an actual command. That's a little bit scary because sometimes we think of it as an option for the super Christian. <laughs> like I'm just the saved Christian brother. But I, I want you to look at, well, if we take Jesus seriously, then disciples make disciples. If we take Jesus seriously, then it doesn't just come with I'm grateful that I am redeemed and it does go there. But Jesus actually calls us like he did his disciples to take more steps and actually start to make disciples. And so that's gonna be the invitation today for you to think about specific people, people that you know, people in your world that you can choose. I am, go am going to intentionally be a disciple maker. And so here's Jesus talking with the disciples and I just want you to imagine what the disciples feel because I was contemplating it this week. I was thinking one of the things they certainly feel is just marvel, like just Wow, like it wasn't too long ago that Jesus was at the very bottom in the sense that he was being crucified like a criminal. 
And it was so shameful that even his own followers rejected him and fled. Even those who were close to him did the, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And it wasn't too long ago that as he was crucified on a cross like a criminal, that it didn't seem like there was a lower person on the planet. And now, just a little bit later, I can imagine the resurrected Jesus standing there giving them a commission, making this statement, all authority. I mean, from bottom to top, number one, all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he looks at guys that were tax collectors and fishermen around Galilee, commoners. I mean, just, you know, like, not, not necessarily the, the greatest Pharisees of the day or the greatest religious guys of the day, but guys that by virtue of following him, their lives had been transformed. And then he says to them, now you go and make disciples. So you can only reproduce what's inside of you. And if you haven't, if you're not following close to Jesus, the idea of disciple making won't go too far because you, can't, you, can only, you, you can only give what you've got. And so these guys get, have been close with Jesus and I can imagine there's just this marvel in their heart. But in addition to marvel, I think that there's got to be a sense of honor. Like me, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm Peter. I was, I was denying you not long ago. Like me, like Matthew, like, I was, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Jewish tax collector. Like, how, how, do I, how do I get the commission to go be one of the change agents for God? Like me? And I think there's certainly some marvel, certainly some honor, like, wow, I can't fathom that I get to go do this. And then if I'm sitting in those guys' shoes, I, I think that there's got to be this excitement because... Jesus is starting his global church and they're right there, first moments. And there's gotta be this thrill, like here we go. Like far greater than being on a world championship football team or basketball team. Or like far greater than helping start a global company. It's, we're gonna be a part of Jesus building a global church. Whew, this is, this is exciting. And I say those things because I think for you and for me, here we are 2,000 years later, and we still have the privilege, the honor. And my prayer is, is that we see it that way. My prayer is that it doesn't just become the, uh, I have to. Like, oh yeah. Like I get Great Commission being obedient and I wanna obey for obedience sake. But if we can kind of wrestle in our hearts the, the actual privilege and honor and the wow factor that we get to be people that help Jesus expand his church. And he gets to use just, just you, just me, just average people. And so Jesus looks and he says, go. And you know it well, go and make disciples. That's the big phrase. And kind of in the Greek here, the make disciples is the, is the point. It's the emphasis. Go and make disciples of all nations. Sometimes when we hear that, that sounds like such Bible language. It's a little bit like, I don't even know exactly what that means. Here's what Jesus is saying. What I have done for you, now you go do for others. So I have shown you 
who my father is. I want to invite you. You go be my hands and feet and proclaim the good news of who I am to the world. And these guys then have this global task, no small task. Take the gospel to the whole world. And what I want you to see is just these normal guys. When Jesus said, hey guys, come follow me. Remember that? That was week one, long time ago now. And I'll make you fishers of men. Like right now, you're, 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 you're fishing for fish, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna change you. After being with me, you're, at the end, you're actually gonna be transformed into being influencers, change agents. And then he gives them this commission and these are the, the guys that he's using. And I say that for you and I because we start with Jesus in our own journey and it's just we come to Jesus broken and weak. But as you follow him, there's actually a process by which he wants to spend you, use you, and you become an influencer of people. Which in United States culture, if you just kind of say, I've got this, this private religion, I'll just use that word. I know we like the word relationship, but it's, it's just me and God. Then in our culture, that's fine. Like nobody gives you pushback. However, in our culture, the moment that you start to become a proclaimer, the moment that you start to talk about your faith, that you become aggressive with it, that's when it's a bit offensive in our culture. And so that's a lot of times, as a result, kind of where we tend to stop. Like we'll do, I'll be a disciple, but <laughs> if I'm a disciple maker, whoo, that's a little bit uncomfortable. And so our commission from Jesus is not pray a prayer and marinate till Jesus comes back. It's this. I repent, not my way. I'm baptized, all right? And now I'm, I'm a disciple and I'm gonna make disciples. And I just want today for you to begin to wrestle with the Lord a little bit and ask God how he's calling you to make disciples. Like no doubt about it, if you're a parent, you are a disciple maker, <laughs> right? Like you're called, like you're called to those kids for better or for worse. It's like, oh Lord Jesus, help me, right? You're called to those kids. You're gonna help them be disciples, and in addition to that, maybe you work in a high school or maybe you work in a business or wherever you are. And I wanna invite you to think, who are the people that I can help get closer to Jesus? Some of them might be far from God and they haven't come to the place of making a decision to follow Jesus. Some of them, maybe they already have. But all of us working together, all of us being disciple makers together can have a pretty big impact on a city. And so... This invitation today, this thought process is this, specific people, like you imagining, oh, uh, like this is all great and fun and easy and comfortable as long as we don't have to actually go do it. <laughs> but when you start thinking about actual names of people, about how, who, who you could influence, that's where it gets both exciting and a little challenging. My prayer is that you would embrace the challenge and the little bit of cultural tension and embrace the eternal destiny of that person and care. And ask God to give you strength, wisdom, and see yourself as a disciple maker. Like, yes, I am a disciple and I am a disciple maker. See, even saying that, it feels scary. Oh, me, a disciple maker? Yeah, you. Like, like okay, that's gonna be a part of my confession. 
I'm a disciple of Jesus, and I'm going to make, I'm a disciple maker. I'm, I want as many people as possible to walk with him and know him. And one of the beautiful things in that is when you stand before the Lord one day, imagine if in addition to following him, you've taken the great commission, you've made it personal, and there are people whose lives look more like Jesus because of you. So let's, let me say it this way. Uh, so I'm a dad. And I love being a dad. It's kind of, I just, I, I, it's just so much fun. One of the fun things is, is it's kind of fun to see my kids be like me. I know you might think I'm a narcissist by saying that, but it's just kind of fun. Like my boy Dawson, he's right here on the front row and he looks nothing like me. He's tall, dark, and handsome, right? Uh, <laughs> but this kid acts so much like me. I mean, it's really fun. Actually, this week, I'm going to a pastor's conference, and I'm taking my associate pastor with me, Dawson. And so he's 12, but he's already pre-registered. Uh, he's already ready to go, and he's already picked out the sessions that he wants to go to. And we might even sit, go separate ways because he's going to focus in on some of the creative arts Will I go figure out how to preach. And so we'll go to different ways, do different things. And here's the deal. Dawson, as a 12-year-old, he's engaging with people. He can, he can have a conversation with an adult. He's been able to do that since he was eight, right? I just, and when I look at that, I love that. You want to know why? Because I was the same way. Because when I was a kid, man, that was, I, I was, I mean, I was a shorter, teeth-crooked, mullet version of that, but, <laughs> but I liked people even when I was a kid, and, and I could have that conversation with a 45-year-old even though I was 10, and and I, and I look at Dawson and I kind of kind of see me. Or I look at Olivia and now Dawson's a laugher. He loves to laugh. And his sister, she loves to make jokes. And when I look at Olivia and she's always kind of got this little like kind of fun little like kind of jab joke thing going. And sometimes I listen to her and she's always making the joke on the back row and Dawson's always laughing. And I think she got that from me. Like that little like buzzy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like me. Or Adeline, my... I, Adeline, blonde hair, blue eyes, so loud, needs to be the center of attention, <laughs> just like her father, right? <laughs> like, I love that. Justice, you just look at him. He just, I mean, he doesn't even have to act like me. I just look at his, his, his seven-year-old self, and I see me. It's kind of fun, right? Now, I just want you to think spiritually, all right? Imagine if you see in the people that you're discipling spiritual DNA, if you see people and the way that you love his faithfulness and you've talked about his faithfulness to you, you can see they're starting to recognize his faithfulness to them. Or you start to talk about the love of God and how he's like a father that loved you and you start to hear the people that you're dialoguing with, sitting around Starbucks, having conversation about God week after week and you start to hear a growing revelation of their love for God. Or maybe you've, you've tasted and seen that he's good and you can't stop talking about his goodness. And after a year of hanging out every Thursday morning with this friend that you're helping come closer to God, you start to hear her or you start to, you quote this verse all the time. You're always saying, man, blessed be the name of the Lord in good days and bad days. I'm just kind of like Job and his heart, but I just say, and all of a sudden you start to hear them start to just say, well, I don't know, I'm going through a rough time, but blessed be the name and you, and you start to sense God using you to help disciple them. Trust me, the joy that you experience by them starting to have a Jesus worldview, becoming more Christ-like 
becoming a disciple, you will, you will far more enjoy disciple making than you enjoy comfort. No, David, I live in America. Number one goal is be famous and comfortable, baby. Welcome, welcome to 2017 in the United States. But I want to invite you to make a decision. Disciple making over Netflix. Disciple making over getting rich. Disciple making over entertainment. Ah, and you just watch. Just give it a couple years. Here's what will happen. You start to see God using you, God working through you, and you will develop a greater boredom with what the United States comfort has to offer. Don't get me wrong. I love living in the United States. I honestly love coffee. I love, <laughs> I like sports. I, I, I mean, I, 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 can't you tell I like fashion? I mean, it, no, I mean, <laughs> I wear the same thing every week. I mean, <laughs> it's not supposed to laugh at that. Uh, yeah, I don't really like fashion. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not down on, on where we live. I'm actually, I, I love it. But here's what I'm saying. Value systems can creep in. And so, man, if we get this, <sighs> making disciples, and you see Jesus using you and transforming the world through you, you'll get addicted to it. You'll, you'll, you'll love it. You'll start to go, this is worth living for. And so my prayer is that many of you would start to dream about what that looks like for you. And that could be, well, I mean, one of the ways we do this at Radiant is we, we do what we call small groups because here, this is, on Sundays, it's mostly monologue. But in a small group context, there's a lot of dialogue. And disciple making is dialogue. Disciple making is listening. Jesus saying, so, who do you say that I am? Uh, Right? Like as long as Jesus is kind of preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, you can just kind of take notes. If you're Peter, James, John, Philip, Thomas, you just say, yeah, that's good, that's good. Oh, amen, amen, amen. But when Jesus looks at you and go, so who do you say that I am? There's a, uh, what? There's, right, you see that? It's what's inside here. And so in the dialogue of a small group, you could start to connect and really talk about values. And my prayer for you is that you would not only see yourself as a disciple, that you would take the next step and go, now, Lord, how can I influence other people with the good news of Jesus? How can I make disciples? And here's the deal. Have names. Oh, what? Like I'm saying a little bit more than just kind of give yourself to a category. Well, here's my kind of quote unquote calling. I like that. And we got that. We talk about that all the time. You've got a calling and make a difference. But I want to invite you to actually think about this. Who are the names, like proper names? Who are the people that I can articulate that I am helping grow closer to Jesus. Like I'm helping them become a better disciple of Jesus. And in that, trust me, you will, you will experience greater joy than the mall. Greater joy than anything. I'm telling you, 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 you will start to, t- it's like a parent. Have you ever been a parent and you just look at your kid and you're just like, 
ah, just they, they hit the home run, and you actually have more joy of that kid hitting the home run than you hit a home run. Maybe you never hit a home run. So, no, it, you just, it, it's just like, ah, it's my kid. Yeah, it's like you start to develop. Like you look at, you look at that person who was once walking in brokenness, and you see them gaining victory, and you just, it's like, wow, God. You're excited for that person, and you also, between you and the Lord, you're winking because you're going, God, thank you. Yeah, that's just, like, there's no better thing. Like, this is so much better than, than entertainment. This is better than whatever you, else you would spend your time doing. And my prayer is that you just start to take step. Like, just like, okay, God, how do you want me to make disciples? Is it at, is it at my job? Is it, is, it, is it with my kids? Is it, is it, maybe, maybe you go, is, is it with teenagers and, a lot of times what the Lord will use is all of us go through valleys. All of us have these hardships. All of us have these, maybe these, these areas that we've already conquered. And a lot of times the people that have already walked through a valley, have already walked through a, a hardship, a challenge, a difficulty, and they've come out on the other side victorious, a lot of times you'll have a burden for that. It's like I told you a few weeks ago, you know, like my... I just, I, I love junior high kids. <laughs> it's just kind of my thing because junior high was horrible for me. So I just, I just, I've always just, I like the junior high age because, man, that was the roughest season of my life. And maybe you've gone through something and, and so you start to have a heart for people that have gone through that. And the Lord will take what is, feels like brokenness and shame and hurt and he'll transform you and then you'll become actually a change agent for other people. And your broken testimony will become an opportunity to disciple other people. And so that's my prayer. My prayer for you guys is that you would start to f- go, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna make disciples. Now we've got a world, you know, that this is, a, this is so big, obviously the Great Commission, we could spend weeks on this, but, but one billion people across the globe that have still never heard the gospel. Like a billion people that have never heard. And so our commitment as Radiant Church is we, we want to be a, a Great Commission church. And as we mature, we're going to take significant steps to try to help people all over the world come to know Jesus. And I love the Great Commission across the globe. I, I, I'm, I'm committed to that. I, I love that. I, I've spent a season of my life working uh, at Every Home for Christ, which is committing to take the gospel to the whole world. I love that. And I want to invite you to think about right here, right now, like making disciples, like your testament, like, like in addition to out there, like right now. Like, like your world. And start thinking, God, who are the specific people I can reach? And then Jesus says this phrase, it's baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's what we're gonna do today. And this baptism is it's real simple. It's this outward expression of what God has done in your life. And you've made the choice to follow Jesus. And so you're joining the fellowship of the baptized. You're joining those people that have said, Jesus is my Lord and I'll follow him. And so it's this picture, like Jesus, of going down, like Jesus went, Jesus went into the grave and rose from the dead. And this is kind of in that same way. It's a picture of you go down and your old life is gone. Behold, new life. All things are new. So just like Jesus went down three days, de- today, one o'clock, I'm going to hold you down for three days. And then, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> ah, you guys laughed at that. That's nice. All right. And then, no, well, today people go down and it's the symbolic of 
No longer I that live, but it's Christ. And here's the deal. One of the beautiful things about this is that for 2,000 years, this is what the church has been doing. And so you join the millions and millions of people that down for a couple thousand years have said, I will follow. I'll follow Jesus. I have decided. And so Jesus actually puts in the Great Commission to actually baptize them. And so we get the privilege of doing that today. And then this next phrase, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is a significant statement because I think for you and for me in this, we find that though we are always disciples, we don't necessarily arrive. Like we're always apprentices, we're always learning. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Like when you're around the guy that seems like he knows it all, just know he doesn't. Because you know what? To obey, teaching them everything I've commanded you, it's not just that they would know it, it's to obey. It's like, that, this, this is a lifelong journey. It's my only point under this idea. This is a, for us to get this and teach this, welcome to Christianity, right? It's a long time process. And the conclusion of Jesus' great commission is the phrase that we all love so much. And surely I am with you always to the end of time, which the disciples need. You wanna know why? Because not only is it a big task, but they actually go through suffering for the cause. And sometimes it's easy for us to miss that part. But part of the beauty that you've given your life to Jesus is that you stand before him one day and you have actually foregone some of the pleasures of the planet so that you might possess treasures in heaven. And when you go through hardship on planet earth, one of the great privileges as a disciple and a disciple maker is, hey, I may not have what everybody that's giving themselves to the planet has, but I have him. I have his presence and he is with me. And if you step into being a disciple maker, you will start to experience the presence of God in a manifest way. Here's what I mean by that. Of course, I believe and know in his omnipresence that God is everywhere and God is with us. But there's a unique dynamic when you say, I'm gonna enter into engaging out of my comfort zone with people, both in proclamation and evangelism or telling them about Jesus and helping them follow Jesus. And when you get out what I'll call front line, like on the offense, like, being a front line, I'm after, I'm after people coming to know him. So it's more than just, God, thank you that I'm saved and now I'm gonna hang out on planet earth until you return or until I die. In, 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 instead, it's, it's, it's no, I've, I'm saved, I, I, I'm, I'm a disciple and I got this mission to make disciples and out here is uncomfortable because this is comfortable, this is easy. I mean, this is like, I'm saved, it's about me and I'm grateful and I'm going to heaven and that's good. But Jesus invites you to this next step where you start to try to look at how can I be about his mission? Because his mission was not just my own salvation. It was my salvation, but then I'm actually the one multiplying Jesus to the world. And so, and so whether it's one or two or three or one or two through 3,000 or anywhere in the middle, I, I'm about taking Jesus to the world. And out there, out there is where you get the pushback. Out there is where the culture comes back at you. Out there is where people give zingers back. 
But here's the reality. When we look at church history, when we look at people today, when you're out kind of on the front line, all right, I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to help them become like Jesus. I'm going to invest my time less in comfort and more in Christ. Less in my own desires. And you've got every right. I mean, you're an American. You can, you got the world at your fingertips. It's just, it's all right there. But, but my, my caring has shifted. What I, what I desire has changed my nights or my morning. I, I, I care about Jesus above all those things. And I, I want to make disciples even when other people praise you and say, good job. Or when other people persecute you and say, nah, both of them kind of bounce off because you experience, surely I am with you. You experience his presence in a tangible way that I'll call addicting, like you can't get enough. Like I want that sense, that reality and, and you, it's, it's wonderful. It's why, it's why there's all these songs about his presence. And it's why, it's be, because there is a reality that, man, when you know, man, God is with me. And man, historically through the church, you got different people that kind of respond differently and different church movements that respond differently. But at the core, it's the very cry that even Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. But if your presence is with us, send us anywhere, Right? Because if you got that, I'm telling you, it, it makes life fascinating. It makes li- like, and you know why? Because you're a part of a cause that's eternal, that's global. And it's like, give me some more of that. And God goes, tell you what, you're about what the mission of Jesus was and still currently is. And that is far more thrilling than anything that the United States or Europe or Africa or an economy or a book or a screen can ever give. And so our prayer is, Jesus, man, we want to be a great commission church. We want, we, we want to be, be on the front line and help us make disciples in our city. And God... By your grace and your strength, we want to we help make a dent on planet Earth. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we just come before you in the powerful name of Jesus, and we just ask, God, help us do this. God, we just, right here, early days of Radiant Church, we just say, God, let it not be about us. Let it be about Jesus. Help us. And we live just hit day after day that we should live for comfort. God, help us. Help us, help us, help us. We ask in Jesus' name, let let the the great commission, the decision to follow Jesus no matter what, and let that live in us, God. Let's care about people around our city, marketplace just let us let it let it not be just kind of casual let us be intentional 
We're gonna have actual people that we know, man, we're helping them come to know Jesus. And God, we ask that you would help us be a great commission church. God, I just pray that thick in our DNA, we would care. Help us care, God. Help us care. We desire what we read about in Revelation that one day there will be a great multitude that no one can count. From every tongue, tribe, and nation, God, we just say, let there be a great multitude, God, from this city here in our lifetime. And God, give us a passion for the places that have never heard. Help us care. Help us be your people today. Making disciples. In Jesus' name. I just want to invite you just to keep your heads bowed. Today, if you've if you're saying I, I want to I want to follow Jesus, I, I haven't been following Jesus, and I want to make a decision. I'm all in. I want to walk with them. I, I want to be a I want to be a disciple of Jesus. If that's you today, I just want to invite you wherever you're at. Just pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for me. Thank you that He lived the life I could not live. I choose today to follow Jesus. I will not live for me. I will follow you. I ask that you would change me. Come be in me. I want to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I'd like to connect with you. And I'd also like to encourage some of you, uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to start doing around here is we're going to start some small groups for people that are new believers that have just said yes, because one of the things that's happening is people are making decisions to follow Jesus every week. And so we want them to not just connect with materials. We want them to connect with like people that will help them walk with them. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe as we go into the fall, God's inviting you to, to, to help lead small groups for people that are just saying yes for the first time. Anyway, if you, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to invite you just on that connection card, there's a box where you can just check it and just say, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus and we'll be in touch with you and we'll help you get connected. And we want to make sure that you, your, your life with Jesus only is a crescendo. It gets stronger and stronger. We want to help you with that process. I want to invite ushers to come forward and we're going to take the offering today if you feel if you uh, if you prayed that prayer i want to invite you just drop that connection card in and like dan said if you if you have a prayer request you can just put that on there we're going to pray for those god is doing a great work among us today it's really fun because in the great commission is that baptize i want you to picture yourself like this this uh tank we just bought it's like hot tub on wheels Which is kind of fun, you know, as a church plant. It's like, hey, we bought a baptistry, you know, like, this is exciting. Like, the churches I grew up in, it was like, the baptistry, like, weird, you know, old baptistries. Here, it's like, a baptistry, But one of the things that's cool about it is that it's big. One of the things I like about it is that there's enough room for three people in it. Here's why I say that. Because I want to invite you to start imagining you jumping in there with me sometime in the future. 
being a part of helping to baptize someone that you helped come to know Jesus. Why don't you just imagine it? Just picture it today. And uh, let's just do this thing together. Let's just, let's just, let's just see people come to know Jesus, be baptized. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at RadiantChurchKC.com.